At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. Thank you very much to the Master Group. We went through a bunch of tools last month, Vito Tech Pack, Yellow Jacket Omni, and we also hit up on the Klein interchangeable screwdriver. Basically, it had a, a couple of bits in there that were electrically rated up to a thousand volts. So we're going to pick up a few more tools for the next round for the month of April, and we're going to get those out to you soon as well on social media. In the meantime, thank you, Master Group. Check out master.ca. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. So we got Stephen Landry on the podcast. His Instagram account just hit over 4,000 followers, cannabis.mechanical. He's in the mechanical industry that pertains to cannabis that revolves around the, the cooling, the dehumidification of the indoor facility. Now, very, very interesting guy. Now, he can talk. You're going to find that out. Very interesting guy. He started out in HVAC, okay? But after the two, th- he's going to tell the story, but just to give you a basic rundown, after 2008-ish around there when when sort of the, the financial crash happened, he was out of work and he tells the story about how he became a, a hot yoga teacher teaching hot yoga and smoking weed every day <laughs> and going from that to building these mechanical systems for these indoor grow rooms uh, like sealed grow rooms so very interesting guy very interesting story very interesting conversation as well now he goes on to talk about the vertical building of plants in a room rather than having plants all on the floor uh, to utilize the entire space by building the plants up in vertical fashion and how he gets around ventilating the plants with the air he created his own sort of system for this so he's going to talk about all of that and like i said man can talk so he's going to tell a story it's very interesting I enjoyed it. I know you guys will too. Let's get to Stephen Landry, guys. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know It All podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry, discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Hey, Stephen. How's it going, man? How's it going? Good, Gary. Good, Gary. Thanks for talking to me today. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, No problem. And I just wanted to let everybody know, like, the last few podcasts, I've had some conversations with people beforehand, like, maybe a few days prior to talk what we're going to talk about and some notes passed back and forth. But I just reached out to you the other day, like I've done in the past with a lot of people and said, Hey, you want to talk? And you and I have never actually spoken before, but I've been noticing your page and you just hit like 4,000 followers on Instagram. So congrats, man. Congrats on that. It it did turn over. I've been watching the last couple of days to see when it was, but yeah, I'll tell you Instagram. the, The reason you and I are having this conversation is because of Instagram and in What's going on in people's lives right now? I'm going to tell you, there is opportunity on Instagram for you to find something. You just have to be looking. You have to be looking for something that you want to. And what happened for me on Instagram, Gary, was as the cannabis industry was converting from the medical industry in Oregon State, it was going to what they call recreational. And when that switch was happening, I was a broke-ass yoga teacher. I was happy. I, I didn't mind being a broke as a yoga teacher, but I was broke. That's the part I didn't like about it. And so I started paying attention to the emerging cannabis industry with the idea that there's got to be opportunity in this for lots of people, 
not just people that are already in it, growers and sellers, whoever they were, I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I bought weed from people, but I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't involved in the black market in any particular way. And I was involved in the, the medical market, was involved in the gray market. I didn't start looking at cannabis until I saw it coming, you know, to the everybody market because that included me. Yeah. Doing, and I didn't know how, right? So this is what I did. I went to one of these little local regional uh, cannabis shows, hemp shows, whatever they're called, you know, medical marijuana show, whatever they call in your area. I went to one of these and I walked around the floor. And the first thing I noticed was there was the metal building company, the attorney that specialized in cannabis, the alarm company, the well company, the tractor company. <laughs> you get it? There was all yep. these people yep. selling the cannabis industry. And I noticed there wasn't the HVAC company. And I, I went back the second day and I went up to the promoter and I asked when the next show was. And that started Cannabis Mechanical, what became Cannabis Mechanical was at that point, I had been doing some work for a grower in Bend, Oregon named Deschutes Growery. And how I got a hold of them on Instagram was I reached out. I didn't reach out to them right away. When I, that thing, when I told you, I started following the cannabis industry movement and what I was looking at it and realizing there's got to be some opportunity. I started following everybody on my Instagram in Oregon that was associated with cannabis. I kind of, I kind of jumped forward and I'm jumping back here. So before I went to that trade show, I started searching cannabis on Instagram and I followed anybody in Oregon that was associated with cannabis on Instagram. I don't care what you did in the industry. I followed anybody that I came across. And one day, Deschutes Growery, a grower in Bend, Oregon, showed a picture of the rooftop of 4,000 square feet of brand new solar panels that they were just getting installed. And they were proudly saying how this was their contribution to how much damn electricity the industry uses, right? They were saying, we're going to try to give back. We're going to make investment in our structure and our business and, you know, they were also able to leverage a lot of PG&E's money and rebates and incentives, but you still got to do the work and make it happen. You know what I mean? You still, it's not a simple task to cover 4,000 square foot building and solar panels for a grower that mm -hmm. started off hiding mini splits inside of their building, right? That's where they, they started in the black market. They went in yeah. the medical market and now they're a top producer of they take other people's genetics and what they produce with it i don't need to say anything else about it. you can go look at their instagram and you'll want their product so they put this picture of the rooftop up and i'm still broke ass yoga teacher on this day and i reach out to him i say hey man besides being a yoga teacher I also have my HVAC contractor's license. That was I'm the question. I was, that was that was the question. That was where I was lost because you went from being a broke ass yoga teacher to going to a, a trade cannabis show and cannabis mechanical. And I'm like, well, where where did you learn HVAC in between all that? So <laughs> I'm I'm glad we got to that part. <laughs> so you already you so, already knew, you already knew you already knew HVAC when you were the broke ass yoga teacher. So in 2008, the last time the world died, and everything crashed and they weren't building new homes anymore. I was out of work. I was a new construction house, HVAC residential installer. They weren't building houses in Bend, Oregon. Bend, Oregon was second to Las Vegas on the going up. And it was right on the front of the roller coaster with anybody going down. And it went down a lot, right? In construction. So during this time of there not being any work, you, you brought me back to how I got became a yoga teacher though, Gary. So <laughs> I ran away from new construction and ran off and joined the, this is going to totally blow your mind. I ran off to the Bikram hot yoga world of psycho circus yoga and spent a few years being a hot yoga studio owner and teaching hot yoga every day of my life, 20, not 24 hours a day, but I physically lived in my studio because I didn't make that much money. So I hid out from my landlords and just lived in my studio. I'd wake up, I'd set up yoga studio, I'd teach yoga and I smoked weed every day. 
<laughs> so as the cannabis industry is emerging to become legal and I'm hiding out in hot yoga because I don't want to be a, a HVAC contractor because I don't want to do construction anymore. And I'm happy to be broke. Dude, I didn't buy a gallon of gas for five years. I didn't have many dates for five years either, but I was a hot yoga teacher. So it wasn't like I had to go far. So, but I'm broke and I'm tired of not buying gas. And I reactivate my contractor's license for a couple hundred bucks in Oregon. And I start doing some add-on ACs. And that gives me a little bit of spending money to build it, like think about doing something else. You know, I got a truck, I'm doing some ACs. So I'm part-time doing HVAC work. And so that's why I can legitimately reach out to DEG and say, hey, I'm an HVAC contractor and I'm a yoga teacher, you know? So the next day, one of the owners of DG messages back on Instagram. And this is why everybody needs to pursue anything that you're interested in on Instagram. Just do it. You can pursue it anywhere. I'm just telling you, I found it there. Yeah. And, and they wrote back because I wrote and said, hey, besides being a cool ass yoga teacher, I'm also HVAC guy. Because I've been selling shit for a long time. If you sell HVAC, Gary, you, you've been selling shit too. So I said that, and they wrote back and said, yeah, there might be something we could need your help with. And so we arrange a meeting. I go down to the facility and they said, we're going from medical to recreational and we have to get right with the city. We got to get permits and inspections. And we, we built this whole facility over the last three years with no permits and no inspections. They had miles of Romex wire which you can't have in a commercial building, most people know. But it was medical in Oregon and nobody came looking at facilities at the beginning of that system, right? It's, those systems have all matured and grown up and got more sophisticated over the last 20 plus years. So when they got into medical in Oregon, there was a lot less rules. It was pretty simple to be in, in medical. And so they built this whole facility inside the shell of a building with nothing, but there's, you know, they built it, they hand built it like everybody does when they're first starting off, right? And they hung a shitload of mini splits in this place, of course, and they had the mini splits inside of the building and outside the building was a ton of vents to let the heat out in the summertime, they had a ton of fans. They owned so many Vortex fans. That's how I, if you look at my early Instagram pictures, you'll see all these Vortex fans that I use, that I repurposed from their HPS rooms. So they call me, they say, hey, we need to get permits and inspections. Can you write a letter to the city and tell them that everything is to code? And I said, yeah, I can write a letter to the city because I want to be on the team, Gary. Mm -hmm. And I write them a letter and I say, their shit is clean. I looked at their filters. I saw their ducts. It's supported. Looks to code to me. But I have no responsibility of anything in the building. And naturally, of course, I knew the city's going to want more than my letter. And so about a week later, they write back, they text me. I get this text message word for word. I've repeated so many times. Gary says this. Hey, Steve, the city wants to know if we have a drawing. Can you make us a drawing? And I replied these words. Didn't you just tell me the architect made your floor plan drawing? And he replies back, yes. I said, well, send me that drawing and I'll draw your drawing on that drawing because that'll be a good place for it to be. Mm -hmm. And they sent me the architect's drawing of their floor plan that was part of their permit processing that process that they were going through with the city of Bend to become legal or not to become legal but to get get all that taken care of right to have their occupancy is cool they've got legal established businesses like any other business in the, in the business park that they're in and the uh so I start drawing this drawing but I have their floor plan that has the shape of all the rooms, right? Flower one, two, three, four. And as I'm drawing all the 36 vortex fans they had in there, this is when that trade show happened where I first went 
and I walk the floor and at the same time, I'm drawing their plan. And I get to go in their building. So now I'm familiar with the, the facility. I've never seen one before. And they've got, you know, commercial recreation or medical one going. And now I'm walking around this trade show floor. And I'm like, I got to I gotta be here next time. And I didn't call my business cannabis mechanical at that time. I was still kind of hung up on mini splits because I came out residential, right? And residential mini splits are just big time love for the last 10 years. So I go to this trade show and I don't have anything to show. I don't have any air conditioning units because remember I'm a yoga teacher. I haven't been a contractor with it as a dealer moving some equipment for a deal for a distributor of the game at this point. So I can't get a pile of train units or carrier units and set up a nice display booth like the home show guys do i ain't got no sale guys gonna come support me and i'm like gary i'm like what do, what do i got and then it goes off i got me i got me so i go there and i set up a table and i spread out this uh 24 by 36 uh you know uh, photocopy blueprint of the architect's floor plan blown up to 2436 like you and i deal with all the time and I've drawn all their lights and all their fans and all their everything. And there's their facility, right? But I've whited out a whole bunch of stuff, like who and where. And I'm sitting here at this table and all I've got is a table and this piece of paper. And people would kind of casually be walking by. And if we didn't really have a conversation, I just start talking about everything. I just talk about these fans. I talk about the lights. And then I'd be like, but now we're tearing it all apart. We're going LED. So now all of a sudden I'm being introduced to LED at my first rodeo, right? First time I get to enter the game, they're on their way out of the HPS world permanently and are on their way into completely changing their whole business as far as growing goes. So they used to grow 18 plants under 18 lights and they took those 18 lights out and they put six four by eight movable racks in the room that have four levels on them. It's only a 10 foot high room because it was only an HPS room that was 10 foot high. Normal every day, their facility before was everyday HPS. When they gave me that plan and I drew, and is, I drew hey, their Steve, stuff on it for Steve, them. Steve, what is HPS? What's up guys? So Navac has a very cool mini split toolkit. Basically it's got a, a flaring kit in it. It has a digital torque wrench. It's got a single digital gauge. It's got a cutter, a reamer, a bunch of stuff. So if you go to navacglobal.com, you can check this kit out. Testo, their new lineup of digital tools has been incredible to this point for me. There's a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon, checking them out and using them and really enjoying their use as well the, from the feedback I've been getting. So it is the new age of digital tools from Testo, guys. Check those out when you have a chance. Myself, I'm enjoying them. Supco, TradeFox. The brand is to take technician-invented tools and get them to market. If you've got an idea, guys, reach out to Supco. All right, figure something out with them. The email is ideas at supcotradefox.com. Get your idea on paper and get it to them. And maybe you guys can figure something out and partner up. Blue on the Blue on app is blowing up around 32, 33,000 texts on there now. Uh, the manuals, the the 24/7 two-minute wait time tech support is what is making that app very valuable for a lot of techs. So jump on that, guys, when you have a chance. And the other thing here too is Refrigeration Technologies has a ice machine cleaner. It's a nickel safe ice machine cleaner. I used it last week because I had to clean an ice machine. I don't really work on ice machines or clean them very often, but I used the, the product on there and you know what? I put some on a, like a, a rag and wipe down some of the hard water that was collecting on some of the pieces and just some of it on a rag was was really helping 
get a lot of those hard water stains off. So good product, refrigeration technologies, can't go wrong with any of their stuff. So check out their ice machine cleaner if you guys clean ice machines. Well, let's get back to Steven. So HBS what is, what is, is uh, high yeah, pressure H- sodium lights. It's the okay. hot lights. Okay. Okay. All the heat is associated with. And these lights, so they took the lights out. They took the HPS lights out, put LED lights in. So we took the LED lights, put them in the room. They put the four, five, six total racks. There's six racks in a room, LED lights on four levels now. They had one level of HPS before and they went to four levels of LED on movable racks. So the idea of these movable racks is you maximize your room. There's only one aisle because you only use one aisle at a time. And you fill up your real estate with racks and eliminate aisles, just like tables. They've always done it with rolling table benches and so on. You've probably seen those getting familiar with growing. So the idea though is to go vertical so that you don't need a bigger building, right? They didn't need a bigger building to grow more plants. They just needed to grow more plants in their room. So now they have four levels of LED lights. They put four levels of dirt under the LED lights and then they put four levels of plants in between those two and grow flowers that sell for a lot of money a pound, you know? And what they did for me is they said, hey, come in here and take a look at these racks. Because when I started, remember, it was about the permits and the licensing and, and getting legal at the city. But at that time, they said to me, we're going to do this retrofit. We're going to go to LED and we're going to need you to do some more work. And I'm like, great, I want to do it. So I relocate some mini split heads for them. And then the racks come in the room and they bring me in the room and they say, so we're going to put plants right here. We put lights right here. And this is where it starts, Gary. They said, can you design something that'll blow air over the plants and under the lights, but not blow the plants apart? And I said, yeah. And I went home for the next few days and I thought about that. And I drew a picture and that picture is on my Instagram and I've posted about it before. It's a pencil sketch of five pipes, you could say, five ducts mm-hmm. yeah. that are attached together. And I sent them a text, the two primary owners. And I said, this is what every rack will pretty much have. And, and where, was the, where was the air coming from? Uh, like what was feeding the air into this, into the pipes? Well, that's, this was just, what was I going to do to the racks? And oh, now okay. you're talking about gotcha. what okay. was I going to do with the air? You know, how was I going to get the air in there? And so I built one system in, in room one and learned a lot. And then I built a second system in the next room that we did. And I made, I made changes based on what I learned in room one. And during that time between those two rooms, one of the things that they learned and that I learned, because you got to realize, remember when they introduced this to me, they, they know I don't know shit about their trade, right? What do I know about growing? And they've, they've masked, they've got it, right? Mini splits, wall fans, they know about HVC for their, for their business. I don't know anything about it and I don't profess to, right? I'm following at this point because I don't, I don't know what they do, but when they asked me to deliver air to somewhere and then make it work and I would go there and I'd check it out and I'd realize that uh, we're going to have to deliver the BTUs to these lights. We can't, because at the beginning we were doing like the current trend is where they basically just dump all kinds of air conditioning all over a big vertical space and they have these movable racks and they have a bunch of fans at the end of racks and they got fans in racks but nobody's taking, I'm giving away right here, Gary, nobody's taking the BTU work to the canopies. And that's what I do. I take the BTU work to the canopies because that's where the load is. 
what mm-hmm. is what is our trade about, Gary? The load, right? Yeah. So we don't heat a house or cool a house or a car or anything by sucking the hot air out of it. We do do that. But the work is done on the supply side of the system. And that is delivering the BTU work, right? We've taken BTUs out of that air. And now this is this cooled, dehumidified or heated or humidified, whatever it is that's needed, air. That's what does the work, right? So we're not just going to blow air around the room. If the air is well blending, then the air is room temperature. And room temperature air is not going to do the work of the load and the load is all these lights so remember when i said they had 18 lights that meant they had 18,000 watts of high pressure sodium lights which is a very typical light still in big play in the market but remember these guys are want to be leading edge they're saying we're going to go led we're going to go all the way faster than other people and we're going to do something else we're going to put four levels of led in a room so when they first told me they were going to LED, I was like, oh, you're going to need less air conditioning, aren't you? Well, guess what? They put four levels of LED in. So even though each light is less wattage, they stuffed 36,000 to 42,000 watts of light in the same space that there was 18,000 watts of light. So I had more BTU work to do, and they couldn't deny it. They had two two ton heads in there said so four tons of air conditioning in this room that needed 10. so they couldn't deny it right they previously got by by over ventilating the hell out of these ventilated hoods in the room and bend oregon's temperature is 45 degrees you know it's, it's national bend data blah blah the thing we're supposed to use for for heat loads and cool cool load it's 45 degrees so what can you do with 45 degrees if you almost always have a supply of 45 degree air you can use it for air conditioning for free right yeah if you only if you only have 18,000 watts of load they no longer had only 18,000 watts they now had 36,000 to 42,000 watts of load so room one was super ventilated we called it the Swiss cheese room because it had so many holes and had had so many ducks over its three or four year life period. And so I was only on like another iteration of that, that room at that point, they had built it another time and used it for three years. And now we're gutting it and rebuilding it into a new creature that was brand new for their whole business. And it changed their whole business because they went from loading that room with 18 plants to now the plant count is over 3,000 in the same room that only held 18 plants. The room didn't get any bigger. They just filled more of the space of the room with plants by putting shelves that move and putting the plants on the shelves and eliminating all the wasted space. So when you see a room, when you walk into a room, Gary, with HPS, you're going to notice the light is like three to five to six feet away from the plants, depending on the life cycle of of the plant, but they will never get any closer than three feet. If they get closer than three feet, you start getting damage to the plants. So if you can imagine, they eliminated three feet out of a canopy, that meant that they could put another canopy. Well, they put four canopies in the room they had one canopy gary because a lighting company came to them and introduced them to this this concept this concept of multi-level but really aggressive shallow canopy height from the top i'm not going to tell you more about their their setup so let's just say they grow thousands of very small plants to flower and i had to figure out how to make that possible for them And so we built it in room one, the ventilation system, and it just took room air and blew it into the racks and it didn't do shit because we didn't take the BTU work to the load, right? We just blew, you know, saturated room temperature air. It was not the cold air coming out of the mini splits because they were over there on that wall and over on that wall. 
and we got six racks of a load of 36,000 watts that needs to get cooled, right? Well, it sounds to me like, um, if you don't mind, it sounds to me like the, the way you're describing how you brought, how, how you made the, the airflow to the plants or around the plants. If you've done any work in a server room with a raised floor, like I've done a ton of work in server rooms with raised floors, what they do is they, they build aisles of racks. Um, so the server rack, so the hot, the hot aisle, there's a hot aisle and a cold aisle. So the hot um, blows in into an aisle there's a there's supposed to be a return above there of some sort in in a lot of cases so that hot air is returned and then the air is blown under the floor and the perforated tile with the holes in it takes the air right to the rack so that cold air gets sucked through the rack and then the hot air is returned back to the unit it sounds almost similar to what you're describing yeah the only thing in that system i'm i'm gonna guess that i mean the initial cold air is at the floor level and from that point forward it's going to gain till it gets to the ceiling as it picks up the load Would that be that's correct? right yeah yeah as, as it moves through the server rack right. um but, it picks up the load the, top, the server rack is loaded with load isn't it from top that's right. to bottom that's right that's yeah. right yeah yeah and so that's why this is also what's unique gary and i'm glad you're pointing out what you're saying because this is also a very unique thing that i stand on my instagram and say this is little old me doing it way different then big factories are selling solutions right now that they don't deliver the BTU work to the load. The lights are the load. The plants are not the load. The plants are, are a result of the load. The load is the lights. The, everything is about the lights, honestly. If we didn't turn the lights on, the plants couldn't be in there. I wouldn't have a job. There'd be no weed for sale right so yeah, we the turn way, on the way, lights. yeah the way i understand it is like yeah like you're saying the lights are the load and any heat that comes yeah. off the plant it's just energy being it's not it's not new energy it's just that the plant is taking the lights energy and and dispersing it so it's it's all the same energy that's there that we have to um cool right yeah it is it well what happens is a, a ton of the energy becomes humidity and so yep. here's here's a whole big topic right now. You could do a whole nother show just on this, and we should about dehumidification and LED. It's a whole it's a whole topic show in itself because so many in the industry are moving to LED, and they were sold you will need less air conditioning if you go to LED. Well, guess what? That isn't working out because one of the number one things you can do with LED is put more of them in, right? So nobody's necessarily decreasing their wattage. They're putting more lights in to grow more plants, more product, right? And there's what's happening is the lights are able to produce more. As somebody that doesn't grow and it doesn't, and I'll say, I don't know shit about plants and what's going on. I can tell you for sure that they can grow more with LEDs because they can put more plants in a space with LEDs. And anybody that's not is just completely missing the boat, the opportunity of why they went to LEDs, why they spent the money. It's 10 times as much, probably just simple. If somebody's like really good, maybe they're saving, they're not paying 10 times as much. But HPS is so inexpensive now and LED is the thing, right? So, so I gotta ask though. I gotta ask what what is um what is the difference between dehumidification with LEDs and other lights? Is there something different about that? Well, in the previous times with HID, right, high intensity discharge, which is includes HID and all of its siblings and cousins of other lights that come from HID, right? They they're making so much heat right that light that light technology does this the first thing it does is make heat and it has chemicals in the presence of this heat that when heated emit photons but they're only 40 percent efficient they make 40 photons for every 60 units of heat we give it okay so all this heat is in these spaces and it's helping with dehumidification 
because it's it's there the humidity is still there but you know when the air is warm it can hold more water right we know that warmer air holds more water yeah so yes. hps rooms traditionally are running warmer because of the just because of the damn heat of the hps unless people cool the hell out of them right and put a ton of cooling to be able to keep up with it well guess what when you do those things you have greater dehumidification control you and i know right but growers don't realize that that's why the dehumidification control was controllable as they had so much air conditioning compared to the load and when you go to led and the heat moves to this number led makes 97 light units for three heat units okay so 90 LED lights are 97% efficient. The 3% isn't because they make heat. It's because everything we do has a loss. And that's, that's the loss through electricity that we know about resistance, right? There's some loss. It only loses 3% of the dollar you buy. You buy a dollar of electricity, you get 97 lights and three heats. With HPS, you buy... A you buy a dollar, you get 40 lights and 60 heats, okay? So when they sold that there's less air conditioning need with LED and when they sell every day today that you need less air conditioning with LED, they're not really telling the whole story because the, when they get to where we have the watts being equal, right? Or we put more lights in, like I said in the example, we went from 18,000 watts to 36,000 watts of, of watts, right? So, but we changed the heat. That's what's different, Gary. We changed the heat. The heat, I'm, when I first walked into this, I'm like, where's the heat? What do you guys mean I got to have 10 tons of air conditioning because I got all these watts? What, where's the heat? There's no heat. I can lay my face on the lights. There's no heat. What are you talking about? Well, interesting. Well, the heat, Gary, remember, I don't know. And what's everybody else dealing with? They're going, what the hell is up with the dehumidification? How come we can't control the humidity? Now the room is cold and wet. And that's one of the worst things it can be. So everybody's dealing with the dehumidification because the AC can keep up with the heat load of the lights now and it can satisfy and shut off. I get what you're saying. Yep. Yeah, totally makes and, sense now. Yeah. And now they're like, shit, I got to buy more dehues. And dehues currently put their heat back into the room. So they're serving the benefit of adding some heat. I just want to I just want to clarify for the audience <laughs> that when you say yeah. dehue, you mean a dehumidifier. Yes, sir. Just, just in yes, case sir. they didn't, just in case that they didn't know. Dehumidifiers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yes. I'll try to speak in our our I forgot you are HVAC know-it-all, Gary. So we got to talk in full terms of what these technologies are. I'm speaking of. <laughs> I, just, I just, I just know that there's beginners listening, and I just want to make sure they understand. No. And I got to, and I want to tell anybody that's listening to this. It has been one of the greatest things of working in the industry. I love my trade again. I'm 56 years old, and I've been doing this since I was 19. And I ran away from it. Remember, I ran off, became a yoga teacher because I didn't want to do my trade. But when I came to cannabis and they asked me, can you design something? And then they walked away and they allowed me to take 30 plus years of experience and create something and then not say anything other than we're going to make the rooms bigger. And we're going to put more lights in them. I'm like, well, so what happened, Gary, in the very beginning was I had built a system. I tested it. I didn't know anything about it, what I was doing and what they needed. And then we built it again. I, they said, hey, this time put the, put the ducks on the side of the racks. The first time I put them on the ends of the racks, guys, and I blew the air from one end of the rack down the eight-foot dimension towards the wall across all six racks. All the air moving from one end in to the racks towards a wall eight feet away and it blew pretty good for about four feet 
Well, they asked that in the next room, I put the ducks on the side. The reason I put them on the end was I didn't want to take up any plant space, right? What are they growing plants? What's the real estate value where the plants live, not where the HVAC ducks are. So I know I don't take up any of their plant space. And they had a big four foot aisle and they said, put the ducks on the side and that burned up two feet of the four foot aisle. Well, it brought it down to 30 inches. They got, they got 30 inch aisles now, or one 30 inch aisle that they can move. And all the ducks are hanging on the side of these racks and it's all basic HVAC stuff. And I'm creating a training to teach people how to design this themselves and build it with everyday HVAC stuff that's available everywhere in the modern world. And because I've built it seven, eight times in different ways now and in different facilities. And so I've kind of got like, okay, this basically works pretty good. You know what I mean, Gary? Like we don't go out and reinvent an HVAC system every time we install it once we figure out how to do it, right? We come yeah. up with a version that works really good for us and we're satisfied with how things go. And now remember though, I, I built from homes and worked in walk-in boxes, refrigeration. I started as refrigeration service man when I was 19 years old. I was lucky enough to work for refrigeration guys. So any guys that are out there, the refrigeration base, you guys, you got, you're lucky you're over on that side of the fence. If you're not in the refrigeration realm, you're missing out. You need to learn some refrigeration because air conditioning is refrigeration. And I got lucky enough to start working for a couple of refrigeration guys that we had to work on everything and anything. And it didn't just have to have Freon in it. It could have other stuff or been a dishwasher or a toilet. You know what I'm saying? Like we were repair guys and we had to work on anything. I'd work on a 20 ton air conditioning system, a million BTU boiler, and then, you know, go service the Jones's air conditioner. And couldn't say no to anything. I was a serviceman. I had to go work on Denny's and Circle K's, walk-in boxes, freezers, ice cream boxes, anything that had refrigeration, right? And air conditioning is refrigeration. And then I went into uh, new construction HVAC when I had a family and a little bit, in, you know, after I worked for some guys and I got tired of working for other people and I wanted to go on my own and I do, sorry if there's any employers listening that don't want to learn, lose you guys, but I do recommend if you want to work for yourself, you should do it. And this is a great trade to be able to work for yourself in anywhere in America, it, whether it's air conditioning or refrigeration, you should do it. And that this cannabis industry that's coming to you guys in states that it's starting to emerge, it, there's a tremendous opportunity for you because they're missing skilled tradespeople because up till now they could get mini splits at the grocery store and, and shove lines into connectors from crappy, you know, mini split brands that will let people do that. Like Mr. Cool. And yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you can say it. It is. Mr. Cool is the worst. You see it. And they, anyhow, so as this industry is growing, our industry is got the biggest slice of the pie, just like in any building, anybody that knows about energy knows that HVAC has the biggest slice of the pie of energy in any structure. It's known. So in their world, you're just as big of a slice of pie, only guess what? At the end of a job, it's of a build, the plumber goes home and the electrician goes home and they ain't ever gonna call that son of a bitch again for any particular reason unless one of those things isn't working right. But that's everybody in the world, right? But mm -hmm. guess what? They've got an environment that has to be precise. They ain't calling the plumber, they ain't calling the electrician, they ain't calling the framer, they ain't calling the drywall hanger. And hopefully you don't have any more drywall and cannabis grows as you go into this. Guys that do walk-in boxes, if you're listening and you build walk-in boxes, you could be right now building grows for guys because it's the number one, it's the number one material right now in play for building indoor cannabis farms is uh, walk-in panels. And yep. on Instagram, there's a company called Culta Panels. You should check out Colta panels and, and it's it's just refrigeration they can they could build your walk-in box for Safeway or for Tommy Chong you know and modern grow rooms guys are walk-in boxes 
the, the best high performance working rooms are simple. They're a refrigeration quality walk-in box type of construction. The only thing is instead of using refrigeration uh, indoor coils, which are made for what? A, a static load that doesn't really change. There's a load line in a walk-in box that don't exceed that, why? Because we need the cold air to blow all over the top of everything and fall down over the top of everything and everything's okay in a walk-in box. It doesn't work that way in a grow room and it definitely doesn't work that way in a multi-level grow room. You have to be moving air through canopies, right? We've got them, the plants are absorbing photons and a lot of that is heat as we know. So in order to survive, plants transpire water. And what that means is they take it out of the soil or rock wool that has water added to it or any other growing medium that water's added to, right? They, through the roots, they take the water up and they move it through transpiration to their leaves and out of the bottom of their leaves, the bottom of their leaves get wet. They rely on the wind for life. That's why I blow the air from the side and not from the top is plants have grown to want the air to grow from left to right, right to left, not from top down. That's hmm. not how it works for plants. If you just think about how a leaf works, the plant needs the air to be moved under it so that it can move away the oxygen that it's expelling, anything else it needs to expel, which number one is water. That's the number one thing a plant expels. So as we move into this market where they're now growing more plants in smaller spaces, the humidity is increasing because of that. There's more leaves, right? That's what it's all about is production. They want to produce more. They can produce more with LED. It doesn't come free. It's not inexpensive. It takes a commitment. And so this market is super for the HVAC and refrigeration people. It's, I heard that um, I heard New York. I heard, I heard New York. I, I read in an elevator today that New York just legalized uh, recreational use for adults. So opportunity there yeah. now yeah. <laughs> and i'm i don't yeah. i'm in i'm in canada i don't know if you know that but our whole country legalized yeah our whole country legalized uh, a couple of years ago i guys i'll tell you what this opportunity is for you if you do hac work i sell a bundle of information to people it's training to teach growers how to set up their grow rooms and i'm getting paypal's money from this bundle. And I'm telling you, I'm selling my knowledge that you have too, right? We have a trade and that's what's unique about a trade is I've never worked with guys that are fearful of sharing their ability and knowledge. I mean, it's what we do, right? It, you can't hide what you can do and you can't stop me from looking at what you can do and, and either doing it the same or doing it better or doing it worse, right? Yeah. So take this opportunity of our trade and make yourselves valuable to growers. That's all I did. I saw an opportunity and I took it. I asked for it. I said, Hey, I'm HVAC guy. Do you need any help? And then I went out and I told the world, Hey, I'm a cannabis. I'm can I'm cannabis mechanical because nobody else is. And I live at 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now I'm on, I'm, I'm in one every day like I was in a grow there in a yoga studio before Gary, because as a trade, I haven't known anything different than to be committed to, to we have a we have a, you know, we can't just walk away, you know. You can shut off the water to your house if the plumbing pipe breaks, right? And wait for yeah. the plumber. But yeah. you know, when you got meat going bad in a freezer at home or at Denny's or at Safeway. You want somebody on the way. Oh, yeah. Right? Some of these grocery stores contain like thousands upon thousands of dollars of food, right? And same, so do same grows. With, yes. Same with, yeah. Same with, with grows and same with um, data centers and like yeah. big data centers. Like those go down. Yeah. The information stops flowing. People um, can't do their job and people start losing money. So, yeah, we are in a very, very demanding industry um, right now, and, and it's, it's a good one to be in. If anybody wants to see what I've done, if you go on my Instagram, 
you what is your okay, tell everybody what your instagram handle is it is cannabis.mechanical cannabis.mechanical okay yep and if you want to see no i'm going to tell you that so everything that i've done that i've talked about is on there from day one the first room that i moved a mini split in and the first racks that i had designed for they're my first posts because you got to remember i was this yoga teacher and now i'm going to do cannabis work right so i got to have a new instagram so that's when i created cannabis mechanical and you can see every step step by step and i ain't afraid that you can copy it because that's what trades people do i've been a tradesman my whole life you i you can buy everything that i do at home depot most days or online and have it delivered so it's available to anybody but having doesn't mean knowing what to do with it so that's why I'm happy to teach others because I think it's important that we help others be better than we are, right? That's what a good teacher does is I learned and moved on from everybody I learned from to go on to learn more than, than they know. And I hope that people learn from yeah. me will learn more than, than I know. It should be that way. Yeah. We, it should be that way. Yeah. No, I'm and glad our, I, I'm glad I talked to you and, and, uh, the cool part about it is I think I only asked you about two questions and you just, you just went, you just went, went to town. So it, it was awesome just to kick back and, and listen. Well, good. I'd like to talk to people. I mean, you think about it when I was this yoga teacher, I stood in a room and said exactly the same thing for 90 minutes, three or four times a day, 90 minutes of dialogue that hardly changed. So I love to talk Gary. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's, that's good, man. Um, so but I mean, teaching I, I people like, thank, thanks. For, people is good to me. Yeah, yeah thank you. No, thanks for your knowledge. Like, thanks for spreading the knowledge around. And, and uh, it, it was very insightful about what you said about the led lights and how there's not much heat load off of them and how now the cooling load is, is cooled the room too fast and we haven't taken any humidity out. And that, that was really sort of that kind of put a light bulb in my head. Like, yeah, you don't have a heat load. How do you get rid of that humidity um, if you're not so, running the cooling? Wait. So that's when you got to add the, the dehumidification capabilities. Let's, let's talk about that because it's really important of those statements I was saying. And what it is, is that's why the heat is still there, right? Mm -hmm. if, if we have to use the watch, because I struggle with why do I got to use the same watch calculator if there's less heat? And, and everybody said, because the watch is the same. And so, because remember, I'm not sizing for one 600-watt LED light. I'm sizing for 36,000 BTUs, right? I have to size for the load of the room, like mm -hmm. our trade does. And so I have to put that into order, and that's around 10 tons. And I'm just talking out of school here, right? I don't have a calculator in front of me to calculate that room again. But the room ended up with 10 tons of air conditioning on it. And I was like, why do we got to have 10 tons of air conditioning? There's no heat. Where's the heat? Well, that's when I learned about humidity and their struggle with it. Because then they came to me and they said, oh, the temperature is fine, but we can't control the humidity. So we bought a, humidif a dehumidifier, a Quest 220 dehumidifier. They bought one. They said, will you install this for us? And I installed it. And it was the very first one I put in. And we put it in a room. And. They continue to struggle with dehumidification. Well, in the second room, they bought another one, and I put that one in for them. And I started paying attention to both of these, and I noticed that they never shut off. And it's because they're not big enough. And that's not a solution. So I told them of my own, out of my pocket, I took my own money, and I flew to Chicago, and I went to the ASHRAE trade show in 2018. And I walked the floor and I talked to the owner engineers of uh, Dehumidification Corporation of America and Desert Air. Those two companies, for sure, I talked to engineer owners, engineer owners at those places. And I asked them both, what's the biggest load that you have what, in the world? What's the biggest job? You're the biggest guys. What's the biggest job? And they said, it's indoor Olympic swimming pools with an arena of people is the biggest load, right? 
got people breathing, sweating. We got a big ass warm pond. If you think an indoor farm is a big dehumidification load, imagine an indoor pond. Oh yeah. Right. When no, we I actually <laughs> have a body of water that's warm. It's not cold. So there, and this is what the answer was to when I said, what is the world's biggest dehumidification load? Not air conditioning load, dehumidification load. And they said, Olympic swimming pools. I said, what's the solution? One word, reheat. Yeah. And I looked at their equipment and they, they've sell like mm, 20, $2,500 or $25,000 a ton equipment because it's very sophisticated, large tonnage stuff. It has like hot gas reheat, right? Mm-hmm. That's really simple. But at the realm that I work, I work with guys that buy mini splits, right? And I'm trying to get them just put in air handlers because that's what I put in, right? So I go to this trade show and I learn about this reheat. And I had one room that I had put one five-ton air handler on top of because they had they had four tons of mini split at two, 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 two ton units. We had those, but they needed more. So we put one five ton split system on top of it and ducted that to the racks. Because again, that's the one thing that makes my rack systems completely unique than everything that, that PIP is selling is that I deliver the BTU work rack to the racks. Okay. So I took that five ton air conditioner. I delivered to the racks. I put a, a heater kit inside of it and i learned about reheat dehumidification and i started looking at the honeywell 8000 thermostat that i had on the wall i looked at its instructions online i went through it like line by line and i saw that there's a setup step on it for reheat dehumidification and i was like what and then i thought about that air handler and it had a heater kit inside of it already so I, all I had to do, Gary, was literally walk up to that Honeywell 8000 and program reheat dehumidification. And we now had a 24-hour day dehumidifier as well as air conditioner because we didn't take one BTU away from cooling. We only added dehumidification by using reheat. Now, you don't want to add too much heat, right? We don't, this isn't, we're not trying to heat people in a 2000 square foot house. We don't need 150 thousand BTUs we need to what reheat the sensible cooling of the system that's it it's already done everybody that's if you're in the trade and you do reheat with sophisticated wise like if you're advanced you're like what that's we've been doing reheat forever that's right but guess what cannabis has been in the black market forever and in the medical and black market they learned from the greenhouse industry and the greenhouse industry has technology like this. They take a, a burner, like any old, like a barbecue burner, for example, and they put it in a metal box and they hang it high in a room and they burn propane or natural gas. Why? Because they want the CO2. Yeah. And guess what? They don't think about that they also get heat, that they also get water vapor, those two things they don't need in a room. Mm-hmm. We're constantly cooling and we're constantly dehumidifying the room. Why would you ever introduce more? Well, this is why. They learned it from the greenhouse industry, and a greenhouse is next to nothing. The next time you stand in front of a greenhouse, everybody, I want you to look at the greenhouse and then look next to the greenhouse and notice that there's nothing. A greenhouse is not a structure. The greenhouse is a greenhouse, right? And I'm glad I don't work in that realm. I work in a realm of indoor sealed room, the highest end cannabis realm that there is. Some outdoor growers would totally disagree. I couldn't say this stuff on a hippie show, Gary, it's about <laughs> growers. <laughs> I couldn't, but to my trade, I'm gonna tell you that the, the high, if you, want to work in server rooms then you want to work in indoor sealed room cannabis because they need our knowledge right and they need our service and they and now it's like mandated right they can't remember they needed me to tell them that their stuff was okay right we're now important this is another this is another place where 
And in so many parts of our trade, if you've ever done residential work, HVAC guys got to follow the plumber and, and hurry up for the electrician every fucking day. And I hate that shit. So in this world of working with the grower, when I spent the first three years of learning how to do what I do for cannabis industry, I got to work with a grower and he would come to me and he'd ask me stuff about air conditioning. And I'd go to him and ask him something about growing because we both had to be in this space side by side doing what we do for the end result. The lights are very static. Once they're there, that they have to be on when they have to be on, they have to be off when they have to be off, right? But the room is full of something living. And that's why we have a job and the grower has a job is those living things in there, all that valuable plants, right? The most valuable thing that we grow in dirt is this stuff. The guys that I've learned from get five to $8,000 per pound retail for what they grow. Tell me anything that, that we get out of the dirt that's from a plant that yeah, we grow. It's, it's incredible. It's, okay. it's, 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 a yeah, it's a massive industry. That's why. That's why everybody is rushing to it everywhere. Oklahoma created a massive green rush here by making it very simple for you to open up shop and for you to be a patient. In, in like the first year, Gary, they went from like zero to like 300,000 patients in, the, in one year. So there's now a market, right? There's an instant market. And it hasn't stopped. I haven't looked in a year, okay? But it hasn't stopped, right? So it's coming everywhere that it's legalized, right? This is gonna happen, our trade's gonna get called up. But you know, you have to learn, you have to first learn something about growing. And I'll tell everybody that's listening that there's a good book called LED Grow Lights by Christopher Stroper. Sloper, pardon me, Slope like Colorado Slope, so you all get it right. Christopher Sloper, uh, LED Grow Lights. It's like in its third edition now. Definitely second is the one I've had. But in it, he talks about light science and plant science, and you already got HVAC science. So get that book and learn a little bit about light science and plant science and put it in your toolbox that you already have because that's how you're going to be able to talk smart to growers is, one day, these first guys I learned from, the owner came to me and said, hey, Steve, do you know what VPD is? And I said, no. And it stands for vapor pressure differential or difference. And before the sun went down, Gary, I knew what VPD was. And guess what? Now I teach other people what VPD is and why it's important that as our trade, HVAC guys, those letters, B like Victor, P like Paul, D like David, VPD, look it up and learn it. And it will be one of the most valuable things that will bring you to the grower industry is by you having a knowledge and being able to manipulate it for a grower. All right, that's why this has made me love our industry again, is I'm now back to the beginning when I did refrigeration work. And when you really had to kind of know some shit, right? Especially if you're designing and creating for others, right? You, mm -hmm. you can't just make it up. <laughs> that yeah. don't last very long, right? So, you know, in my trade, the reason that I, I am very successful at it is I had to work on everything and I couldn't, there wasn't anybody else to ask. You know what I mean? It was like, it was my job. So if I can't do my job, I'm not going to have my job, right? My job was to fix it and get a check and take it back to the shop. So I got to see so many different ways to do it wrong because I'm a serviceman. I got to learn what our trade does wrong and learn what not to do because I had to fix it. That's I've said it so often. The best way to learn how to do something is to fix what didn't work. Well, Stephen, I got to say that was one of the most interesting conversations we've had on the podcast. I, I, I got to admit that you can carry a tune. I'll tell you that much. And the, the story of the yoga teacher smoking weed 
cannabis mechanical is pretty interesting. It's it's very interesting how life sort of evolves, and you have a story of life evolving from from success to sort of like limbo back to success, which I think is very very cool to to sit and listen to as the host of a podcast and someone that likes to share stories. And I hope you guys were able to sit back on your drive or whatever at work or whatever you're doing and just kind of absorb the story from one of your, not co-workers, but one of your co-trades workers, right? One of your co-trades workers. Anyway, Stephen, thank you very much. Guys, I'm out. Thank you to the Master Group once again. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.